This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolf, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 5. Today we're talking about rough sex. Whether you're into spanking, wrestling or face slapping, there's a good chance you might be venturing into the world of kink play. Luckily, pro-dom Miss Penelope Dreadful is here to share her thoughts on rough stuff and what we can do to help ensure a safe and enjoyable experience. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a Melbourne writer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup, and by that I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex, and walking away feeling good about yourself. My question for you right now is, are you into the rough stuff? If you like a bit of a wrestle between the sheets, if you're into sexy play that involves spanking or face slapping, chances are you could be engaging in kinky shit. The term kink basically means any sexual activity that's out of the ordinary, which is pretty broad, right? Kink includes stuff like domination, bondage, sadism and roleplay, and it also includes a lot of the stuff we do during rough sex. We're about to talk with kink expert and pro-dom Miss Penelope Dreadful, who has some great tips for doing this stuff safely. Hello again. Hey, hey. Would you mind telling us a little bit about uh, about what a pro-dom is and what you do. I'm Miss Penelope Dreadful, and I am a professional pervert. I get to meet wonderful people and do fabulously horrible things, and everybody has a good time. More and more these days, I am seeing couples that are looking to upskill or explore, and I'm helping them to find new ways to, I guess, engender... Um, a form of a skill set into their lives and into their their bedrooms and make it accessible, which I, I quite like. Happy, sexy, fun mm. for everybody. It's interesting because couples are actually one of my favourite things to do also, to do. Couples are my favourite type of people to do also. There's just something really fun about getting to, like, show people new skills. And when it's people in a relationship, I feel like I'm doing this really good, great service. Oh, God, yes. And getting that safety stuff up too. So I imagine a lot of people that come to see you um, might be new to kink or new to a particular kink thing and then being able to get their confidence up and show them how to do it safely so that they can actually go off and do it by themselves. Like that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And then the the way that these resources are accessed are actually a bit, bit interesting. So if you go looking for like safety stuff about bondage, what you're going to run into is a bunch of shibari blogs. Um, or websites, which can be really, really confidence-dropping if you don't know what shibari is. There's a lot of information out there. But when you when you consider yourself to be a bit of a normal person and what you want is accessible safety information about bondage, you kind of can't find it in a language that speaks to you and to your experience. Yeah, right. And I suspect that there are a lot of people out there doing stuff um, that they've seen online or in movies or particularly in porn and maybe maybe they just don't identify with kink enough to go out and look for information maybe they're just having a crack so tying people up is the classic like I know tons of people that will go to the sex shop and buy those shitty like five dollar handcuffs because they think that that's the best way to tie up your partner and if you're from the kink scene right uh, it's not the best way to go right 
Absolutely not, but also like just as bad as the people that don't even go and get stuff. They use something like stockings because they're like, oh, yeah, that's nice and soft. That's I've, I've got some trash pairs. It'll be fine. But stockings have elastic in them or lycra, and so they actually collapse over the top. Like they, they re-tighten oh. as, um, as they're left on. And so you end up with people that have experienced nerve compression now just using stockings and oh household, household, household stuff or cable ties. Oh, God, save us from the cable ties. But it seems so counterintuitive. Like where do we hear about this stuff? Well, I've seen cable ties in the movies, so I, I sort of know that cable tying someone up isn't a nice thing to do. But, hey, like when you're around the house and you're feeling horny, maybe you're going to grab whatever's around and maybe it seems like a good idea at the time. And, you know, yeah, like you said, stockings seem like they're soft. Yeah. And then we just don't realise the ways in which this stuff can go wrong, right? I guess that, that – um dissonance that lap between how kinky people view bondage and then how possibly probably the rest of the world views sexy bondage i know a lot of um a lot of couples that i've worked with they're like okay so what kind like where's the best place to get ropes and i'm like i highly recommend velcro cuffs one they're fucking impossible to get velcro is really hard to get out of two it's really hard to fuck up yeah but also velcro is hard to fuck up this bit has to attach to that bit mm-hmm. otherwise it doesn't work and you can stick them in the in the washing machine Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not gonna you're not gonna have something unpredictable happen because you're using something that's designed for purpose. Yeah. But then that means that people have to go to a sex shop or they have to go to a kink store and suddenly they're doing the kink as opposed to just experimenting and that can be kind of scary for some people. Absolutely. So what do you think are the things that people that people experiment with because they've seen porn or because they've heard about stuff that they're that they're most likely to have a crack at without looking for information first? Um sticking things up their bum. Definitely the butt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Household objects up the butt can go horribly wrong. This is so true, especially people using um, uh, vibrators, like bullet vibrators that don't have a flange or that don't have a cord. Yep. And then they insert and that's wriggling away and you're looking at a potentially punctured bowel. Like you're not going to have a good time. Right. That's emergency room what shit. What goes up should come down and if it hasn't, get your ass to the hospital. <laughs> And it doesn't come down. What goes up doesn't actually come down. And the more tense you get, the more you suck that stuff into your butt. Oh, so goodness, people need yes. to know this. I think I think we think butts are a bit like vaginas in that you can just sort of push something out. But actually what happens when you squeeze everything is it all just disappears further up there and then you've got to call for an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's actually really awful, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, but it's not fun. So what, what else do you reckon? What else pops up? Like I could name, like, so for example, I, I think that, Choking, for example, is something that happens a hell of a lot more often um, than we all care to admit, and often by people that have watched porn or that have just decided to have a go. Is that something you've encountered? Oh, absolutely. I think um, it it has certainly uh, face slapping, choking, not so much spitting yet, yep. um, has entered the realm of the the accessible normal or like rough sex, like you don't think that someone doing this is a pervert necessarily. They just might like it a bit rough. But our idea of what is rough has changed so much. Yeah, exactly right. And I would just like to make the point too that when we use the word pervert, we use it in the most loving way that, that I am in fact and pro, and you also are tremendous perverts and that perverts are wonderful. Um, but that Massive. some people don't want to identify <laughs> with that, right? Some people don't want that label. This is true. Some people don't see themselves as being kinky or as being a pervert. It's more like, oh, no, no, this is, this is normal. This is normal. 
Um, I, I believe in um, face fucking. Yes, like deep throating. <laughs> yeah, well, like where where the the penis wielder is um, perhaps mm-hmm. a bit more aggressive. Um, whereas in my head, I like I see deep throating as being an activity that somebody does, like as in the person oh. inhaling the penis is oh, really? the person that is doing like yeah. For me, it's like always, it, it takes it's like a bit of a, ah. So for me, I, I just think of it as a, a way of being like deep throating doesn't happen unless someone wants it to happen. Well, you'd hope that was otherwise the case. your throat's just like hell no. You're gonna get your, your junk vomited on. Or someone's well, going to have yeah. a broken nose, like from that really yeah, intense totally. pubic bone to the face. And you have to warn people with that stuff because that, uh, but particularly the deep throating, you need to warn someone. And also the face slapping, you really, really need to warn someone. Like getting getting slapped in the face or having someone try to face fuck you harder than you're ready for yeah. is, can be really shocking. Um, it can be really painful, obviously, and it can also be really traumatic. Like I have friends who have had bad experiences, like sexual assault experiences, stuff like that. So they can't stand anyone, for example, grabbing the back of their heads. So if you go to do that to someone that has some trauma, they're going to freak the fuck out. You're going to get your junk bitten. Or that, yeah, right? Yep. yep. Whatever happens, like first, it's going to be bad. First reaction is going to be a flinch and a, a chin down. You're going to get nommed and it's not going to be a nice experience. <laughs> it's going to end really quickly and be a hard recovery. <laughs> <laughs> so that's those are a couple more things that could go wrong if we don't check in with our partners beforehand. And how about the other stuff like yeah. like the wrestling and the spanking, stuff like that that's like that's like the tiniest little step into being rough. What's your position on that? And and you know, do you think that's I think that is super common. Definitely the the old spank on the butt thing is totally a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, the the butt slap from doggy. Yeah. I get in trouble cuz I start laughing. <laughs> and like just like genuine belly chuckle fucking <laughs> laughing and then I fall over on my stomach and I'm still laughing and then I'm pointing at them and laughing. And in the meantime like <laughs> anything that was erotic has, has started to shrivel and they're like what and I'm like do you are it's you gone. doing that because you like the sound <laughs> or because you think that I'm going to be into it and they're like I thought that people are into it I'm like okay so and then we have like a five minute break while I go through if you are spanking somebody and you want them to be into it you need to put intention there and be like what am I achieving here driving more blood blood flow to the genitals great so you just cup up and spank into the bottom not from the top down which is the easy like that's the mm. easy way when you're in doggy because you just sort of do a downward strike and it's annoying it's really annoying it distracts me and that's why you get laughed at <laughs> You do want to be hitting the right spots. So I guess, but sometimes, I feel like sometimes spanking on the butt, sometimes it's a, I want to do that because it'll feel good for you. And sometimes it's a dominance move. Like it's more of a, like a sexy because it's more about, about the thing and not about how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I usually ask, like, is, is this, are you doing that for you or you think that you're doing it for me? Because if you're doing it for you, because like you like the sound of that with the slapping and with all of the things and all the skin. Or just the action is sexy, like, yes, I'm slacking this chick on the butt while I'm fucking her from behind. Like, that, that, that yeah, okay, fine. That's okay. I, I, I can wrap my head around that, but just don't assume. <laughs> 
I'd still want to be asked because it is a dominance move. It is yeah. a little bit like, yeah, bitch, take it. And that's great. Like, that's fucking hot. But if someone's going to say something like, yeah, bitch, take it to me, God, you need to ask first because maybe yeah. I'm not in the mood. Maybe I'm going to turn around and go, you shut your fucking mouth. Speak to me nicely or not at all. <laughs> you know, it just depends what you're in the mood yeah. for. Yeah, and, and like um, when people are – having sex there might be two of you in the room but each one of you is having your own individual experience and it's kind of a bit tricky people forget that everyone is a bit different and they will assume that you are where they are so it's kind of like we start out exploring this stuff and we don't really we don't really know what it's going to be like until we do it but but then trying to sort of control that and trying to work out how to get into it with at least a little bit of knowing what we're in for as opposed to just going for it and then ending up with something stuck in our butt, for example. <laughs> Ending up at uh, at the hospital at 10pm on a Tuesday night yeah. <laughs> lying forward on a table. Yes. <laughs> right, or ending up with our partner crying on us because we accidentally did something. And I remember the first time that um, with a partner that I ever tried wax play. So we were like, yeah, we're going to experiment with some kinky stuff. And he got these candles out and um, – and, you know, lit them and then proceeded to pour wax on me from literally 10 centimetres above my skin. Ooh. And it really, really hurt. And I got a really, really big um, burn. Like burn as well because we'd never stopped to think how far away you should hold the stuff, the candles, right? But this is the kind of shit that you just don't know until you know it. But unfortunately, often the way you know it is because you fuck up. This is true. Um and as the more the more things that we play with and the more people that we play with, the better our risk assessment gets in our life as well as everything else. When you stop for a moment and you're like, wait, is this the best way? <laughs> is this gonna is this gonna end well? And you get a bit of a sixth sense for for how maybe like maybe you need to slow down and talk about it a bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. How about something like, say, face slapping? How would you recommend that um, people could make that a little bit safer or maybe ease into it if, they're th- if it's something they're thinking of experimenting with? Uh, I, so um, I really love this particular subject. I taught a 45-minute workshop on it last year. It was meant to be like <gasps> half an hour, but I nerded out. I got called out at 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are meant to be having free play time Aww. now. Go for it. But I was... I was halfway You're down the, the rabbit hole. You're the perfect person, person to ask this question. Yeah, right? I could have kept going for a lot longer than 45 minutes. Um, well, we don't have 45 I minutes, know. but give us the, the Cliff Notes version. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the, the abbreviated version. So face slapping um, can be really, 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 really hot because it's really intimate. You're making uh, a loud noise and direct contact with someone's face which is like the center of their it's a sensitive sensual experience like sensory experience so you've got and it does really hurt even a light tap really fucking hurts you don't have to play hard a lot of people think that it's about you know how hard you play especially with the face it's Mm -hmm. not but if you want stingy use your fingers not your palms Mm -hmm. if you want okay so you're aiming for the ends of your fingers yeah so you want, if you're placing, and I'm doing this right now while I'm talking as well. So if you place the longest finger that you have on the point, like the, the jaw joint, sort of near your ears, mm-hmm. and then go back towards the mouth, you'll notice that um, your knuckles, like right before your palms, are about the edges of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you're slapping someone, you don't place your hand any deeper on their face than that if you're slapping for stingy. 
because you're going looking uh-huh. at the possibility of rupturing an eardrum if you go too far back. If you hit them on the ear. Or um, detaching a retina yep. if you go too far up. Oh, my God. Yep, that would not be great. You want cheeks and, like, this nice padding there usually. Also, like, with your other hand, you should be supporting the back of their neck, which also, like, drags them in closer and really creates yeah. that intimacy and trust. And you can fuck with it by, like, staring into their eyes. Um but also, for example, one of the conversations I had with some of my beautiful um, male or penis-wielding friends is like, great, mm-hmm. if they're not sure about how to introduce face sapping into play, suggest it as a part of a blowjob, you know? Open your mouth. And it actually hurts less yeah. when your jaw is not locked together. So a face slap hurts a little bit less when your mouth is open. Plus, it feels mm-hmm. really hot. And then you can be like, yeah, stick your tongue out the daddy ass and, you know, make it an erotic <laughs> and connected experience yes. rather than just like random face mauling. Yeah, random. Well, I don't, I'm not a big believer in random face mauling. I'm a big believer in asking first. Um, yeah. Even if you're asking in a sexy way, like, I just want to slap you in the face and call you my bitch. Uh, but then waiting for that, yes, that's okay. Because just yeah. falling off and slapping someone in the face in the middle of sex can go really fucking wrong. It is a shock. And if that person's like, like we talked about, had trauma previously or doesn't like it, it can be pretty awful. So definitely the asking is sort of like crucial. Asking is like, um, if you would not like a shiner, please ask. Yeah, right. And I would. I, like, totally. If, if you just slap yeah. someone in the face without asking, you're totally just, like, assaulting them. So it's And this goes for all kink shit, right? Even if it's large or small. If you're not yeah. asking first, you're going to get yourself into trouble because we are looking at either inflicting pain or making aggressive moves towards someone, even if they're just, like, dominance moves, even if it's just dirty talking. You're, you are sort of exerting dominance and asserting aggression over someone. And I don't think that's cool unless you've checked first. Some of us aren't up for that. I'm totally up for that, just to be clear. But some people aren't, and that's okay. Also, like, communication and consent isn't just reserved for kinky people and perverts. Right. Um, it's, in, like, reserved for literally everybody. And what could possibly be hotter than hearing yes. Yes, it's great. And while you're like, but no, feels kind of awkward, like getting shot down. You know what else is really awkward? Getting punched in the face yeah. when it was avoidable. Or even having someone say, that thing you did to me felt awful and I don't want to see you again. Or that thing felt awful and now I feel really bad and it ruined the whole night. Like, that's just a horrible position to be in, man. Like, yeah, we don't want that. We want to get it right. Or you thought you were going to have a cute time with a cute babe and you had, like, having some cute times with cute babes. And now they think that you are a colossal asshole. Yeah, because you didn't ask. Yeah. So this asking is so fucking important. So, um, so let's talk about choking. Let's talk about that because I feel like this is this is the big one, and this is the one that I've encountered tons with regular people that I pick up, like on online dating sites, stuff like that. And sometimes even with people say that say that they're not into kinky shit, but then halfway through they'll go for the throat. What's your take on the choking stuff? Choking, I feel, is kind of like face slapping in that we see a lot of it in in porn or in sexy like sex scenes in normal like big screen yeah. movies, um, or when people are sort of like wrestling as like, oh yeah, power move. No, I've got the upper hand. I've got the upper hand. I've got the hand on the throat. I've got the hand on the throat. Um, and kind of like face slapping, 
you surprise someone with this, you're going to have a bad time. You're just like, this person's fucking unsafe. Right. Oh, my God. And I sort of have this theory that the more dangerous the thing is that we that we're, we want to do, the safer we need to feel before we start in order to actually enjoy it. Like if you're doing something that's a little bit risky um, but but you do it before you're ready to feel – before you feel safe – it's, it's not going to be enjoyable because you can't relax into it because you're afraid, right? But whereas actually feeling a bit safer yeah. with the person you're with and knowing what's going to happen, you can actually relax. But having said that, I'm not actually sure. Like there's some, there's some problems with choking, right? There's some ways in which it can, it can be really super dangerous. Oh, hugely. Like um, any point where you're going to apply pressure to the throat. Yeah, and this, we know this happens because people die like getting in chokeholds. People actually die yep um this is a you know this is a pretty risky thing to engage in what do you say to to people that come to you and go hey i'm really into choking how do i learn to do that safely i try to work out what it is that they're actually interested like the 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 cool part of choking Mm -hmm. like whether it is the asphyxiation or the breath control component Uh or whether it is that feeling of vulnerability when something is pressed against your neck. Yeah, and the feeling of control, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really powerful because it's such a sensitive spot. Oh, hugely. And so many nerve endings right at the bottom of our brainstem. Yeah, totally. So what you're saying is we can play with that feeling of control and power. We don't necessarily need to be compressing someone's arteries or squeezing their throat for them to get that feeling. Sometimes it's just enough to sort of be around that area. Definitely. Very, very definitely. And it's probably a good idea to mention at this point that actual choking, so actually cutting off the blood supply to someone's brain or the airflow, is considered so dangerous in terms of like hurting or killing people that even a lot of kink people won't do it, right? Correct. So actually choking someone, actually squeezing someone's neck, um, the chances of, of actually killing someone is really fucking high. So yeah. high that a lot of people won't, won't go near it at all, yeah. even when they're trained in that stuff. Yeah, there is so many things that can go so very wrong and it's really hard to recover from collapsing someone's trachea, for example. Like, you collapse a trachea, you're going to have to punch a hole in their neck. Well done. They're, they're, they're dying, right? Yeah. So, so if someone does in the middle of sex suddenly go, oh, my God, choke me, even if they're begging you to do it, you probably shouldn't go for the full-on choke, right? No, instead, like, put the palm of your hand on their breastbone with your fingers underneath the collarbone, not above it, so you don't get as much slip risk, then grab the back of their head and pull Mm -hmm. them towards you. And by doing that, you're like... so you're getting some pressure. Yeah, and so you're like having that connected moment and you're applying pressure and they'll probably hold their fucking breath just because you're applying pressure. And so if they were Mm -hmm. looking for a bit of breath control, they're just doing it to themselves at that point, but you are not putting them in a position where it could go horribly wrong. Great. So they're getting that feeling of connectedness and that feeling of being dominated, but they're not at risk of actually fucking dying. Yes. Which is, that sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. It's so nice to have an alternative because I think a lot of us, I know a lot of people that are into choking and I know I've met a lot of people that were otherwise perfectly regular sort of vanilla people that were really into choking and I just feel like we don't really know how to uh, we feel like if we want to go for it, we have to just do the whole hog. We don't know how to, to do it and not not actually, you know, be messing with people's sensitive arteries. Um, 
you definitely want to steer clear of the arteries. There's also the, the vagus nerve mm-hmm. that runs along the side um, just below the ear. Uh-huh. Also, like, between the, the head and the body. You get hit there, you can almost replicate the feeling of concussion. Oh. Like, not not a super great thing. Doesn't sound sexy. Um, not not fabulous. Not particularly fabulous. Doesn't, also, doesn't necks are quite delicate. They bruise quite easily. You definitely don't want to be leaving like a hand mark on a lover's throat, because um, that follows you kind of home and into the next working week. Ah, so this is good stuff to consider too. Not just what you get up to in the moment and, as to safety, but how it might look afterwards. So, say if someone does front up to work with a giant bruise on their neck that they might end up getting pulled aside that you might end up getting questioned because you know the cops might think you've actually assaulted them that sort of stuff yeah yeah and then for them they actually have to like then deal with people in the workplace and things like that which if you haven't signed on for it my god it's awful and the same applies to just bite marks and hickeys and scratches it's really impolite to inflict those on people without asking first because maybe they do have a really conservative job maybe they don't want like bruises all the way up their their arms or whatever when they have to go to work the next day um so yeah i I consider that pretty awful Uh, it's always that you should always ask first before you scratch someone or before you bite them or even give them a hickey before you mark them up yeah yeah I mean, I had um, I had an instance recently where I uh, had a bit of a hookup night with some really cute little poos, and motherfucker left hickey on my ass. I, I know that my ass is majestic. I have a majestic you backside. You do. I've seen it. It's amazing. But, <laughs> but the appreciation did not need to extend to like bite marks and hickeys on my no, ass. No, because who knows what you're going to do with that ass later? You might need it to be in pristine I condition. I know. Right. I'm like, this is not your ass to bite. This is my ass. My ass is amazing. Like, if you're going to, like, <laughs> adore it, please don't sink your teeth in. So maybe this would be a good time <laughs> to talk about consent because we haven't yet. And it's like we've talked about asking people before you slap them, asking them before you bite them on the ass. But what we're actually talking about is consent, and that is getting permission from the person you're about to do something to before you do it to them, right? Yeah. And do you teach people, obviously you have your particular way of doing this in your work, and I'm curious, like when you have a new client or someone that's new to to kink stuff, how do you set up that consent stuff? How do you explain it to them? Um, I find particularly with the areas of work that I'm dealing in, um, people are more prepared to trust you and go places with you uh, Mm -hmm. when they believe that you are going to listen to them like a human being. Yeah. And so I set up consent from the get-go by being primarily peer. So, for example, um, unless I'm in a DS dynamic that is established with someone, it's not Miss Penelope. It's not Miss Miss Dreadful. It's not Mistress. It's Penny. Mm -hmm. Ah, so So, what you're saying is you encourage people to treat you, uh, to see you as just another person rather than someone that they have to treat like a um like subserviently because that might mean it's harder for them to say no yes yeah oh good on you that's fucking great yeah so i i try to set it up from how we use language to start with um with people that are interacting with me and then Mm -hmm. moving into this it's like okay what how would you like to feel what would you like to experience Mm -hmm. and then when i've got an answer to that i then can provide more information about what i will be doing yeah. 
So, so when you have a good like, talk about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So go, then go through how I'm going to approach creating um, an experience that answers the needs of how would they like to feel, what they would like to experience. And then throughout, I tend to play with language. I like playing. Playing's fun. I'm quite lighthearted person. Doesn't mean that I'm not strict, but I'm quite, I'm quite playful. Um, and one of the, the phrases I use is my favorite words are yes, please, and more. And I will always respect no thank you and when you've got a gag in. <laughs> is that a no thank you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like trying to, to get the message through that I love hearing yes and I will always respect when you've decided that you've had enough. Like, like if something comes yeah. up, it comes up. Also, um, the safe word I tend to use is mercy. And what's a safe word, just to ask? A safe word is, yeah, it's like a handbrake. Doesn't replace braking. Doesn't replace the car clutch. It doesn't replace actually driving a car. Mm-hmm. But you can haul this out when you really fucking need to. Yeah. Stop right Emergency now. stop. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you, you work that into all your stuff with your clients. Like they all have the emergency stop if they need to stop. Yeah. And I tend to use um, mercy more as a timeout because mm-hmm. I would like communication first. And I also encourage yeah, okay. uh, information about things that not necessarily that I'm doing but I need to be aware of. Like if the aircon is too cold, don't sit there fucking shivering in silence. Tell me. Tell me. Because I want you to be focusing on what I'm doing. Yeah, otherwise it just it ruins the mood. So all those little things as well are almost as important, right? Is this what is this the way you explain it to couples that come to you to be um, taught kink as well? Like, do you teach them how to interact with each other and how to how to check in and how to do safe words and consent stuff? Yeah, and also part of that is uh, getting comfortable communicating with each other in a way that's like I'm saying no to the activity, not no to the person, and getting okay with hearing no and then saying thank you for communicating that with me. Uh, we, we we do have a lot of assuming. Right. We do a lot of assuming that everything should be organic and go with the flow. But I, I can't see what could possibly be more erotic than me saying no to something and someone saying, thank you for sh- like, thank you for letting me know. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for not just martyring yourself to this experience because I actually do want to do stuff that gets you off. This is why we do stuff together. Like we want to be doing the stuff to the other person that the other person wants us to be doing to them. But the only way that we know what that is is by actually asking, especially when it comes to this stuff, because you don't know if someone's into into choking or spanking or dirty talk or butt stuff. Like it, it's anyone's guess basically, unless they give you the info, right? You just yeah. got nothing to work with. So you have to hear that no. Like you have to hear no, don't slap me in the face, I'd rather you fucked me in the ass, right? Yep. Yep. You have to hear um, no, I don't like fingers actually, but I really like toys. Can we do that instead? Yeah, great. And then you know because you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's, it's, it, there's so much stuff. And just t- talking about all the different things that you've done, it just really like reminds me how many different things there are to get up to when it comes to kink. Um, that it's such a big playing field. Unless we narrow it down by using our words, we actually just don't really know which way to go, right? Pretty much. And even things like, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of um, slapping. They might mean their tits, not their face. Yes. Be specific, right? Yeah. Be specific. Um, use your words. 
would you recommend like would you say that there's anything out there in the way of rough sex type stuff or kink type stuff where if someone thinks they might be into it that they really need to go see a professional they really need to go do some research before they give it a go yeah look if you're if you're curious and you want to know more but you're not sure about like over committing yourself kink academy mm-hmm. um is this amazing website that has been brought together by the incredible human that is princess Callie from the u.s and it is uh, a submissions website where there is uh, curated videos from oh. a whole wealth of presenters on a wealth of subjects. And each of these videos is like three minutes to half an hour to an hour, like depending on the topic. Wow. And there is just so much content that is done differently. So there's not just one video uh-huh. about flogging. There's like 20 because there's a different technique for everybody that will work for you. So highly, highly mm-hmm. recommend, highly recommend Googling Kink Academy. Um, also, I've checked out some of their rough play videos, like for takedown and wrestling, and it's just so cute and so hot. And their communication is so yeah, beautiful. That's great. Thanks for that recommendation. I would say with any new skill set, yep. take yep. it slowly take it simply and mm-hmm. try it out on your first on yourself first yes and definitely. if you think about trying it out on yourself and you feel really jarred about that or like nah 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 maybe you're not ready to do it to somebody else yeah maybe you need to know how it feels and this is you know you were sitting there slapping yourself in the face before when we were talking about face slapping yeah and hey that's a great way to work out where it's okay to slap someone when you've done it to yourself maybe it's not as sexy as when someone else is doing it to you but maybe you need that practice right yep and it, it gives you a little bit more information like you fuck up on yourself limited repercussions and you don't feel nearly as guilty as when you fuck up on someone else and you know straight away if you're going too hard or if you're not comfortable whereas getting that feedback from someone else can take a bit of practice so it's actually you're going to know straight away if you hit your, you've hit yourself in a bad spot or if you've hurt yourself whereas you might not know straight away if you've hurt someone else um so it is a lot safer to start out that way yeah yeah so this might be a bit of a personal question and feel free to say no uh, totally getting personal, but like uh, we know you're into traditional kink stuff, right? That we've had a good chat about that. But when it comes to rough stuff, what's some stuff that you're personally really into? I personally actually really do enjoy um, rough play in the bedroom. I am. <laughs> I can be a very, very nice and gentle and considerate lover, but I've had no problems almost trashing a hotel room, throwing oh. each other around the room. That sounds oh, like a story. It was great. It was great. That was Thailand <laughs> many moons ago, but that was so much fun. Um, but short story long, don't accept a king bed that is actually two singles put together. Someone ends up with bruised knees. No, because they fall they fall apart halfway through. I've they been do. there. It's very Someone disturbing. Someone gets a sore tailbone and the other person gets bruised knees. <laughs> Even like if you're going to have a giant wrestling session, consider maybe taking it to the floor because falling yeah. off the bed when you're wrestling someone can actually be really shit. Like if you land badly, sometimes oh, it's better yeah. just to start on the floor in the first place. It can be hilarious, but also concussions are not fun. And depending on what else is in your uh, the room of play of choice, especially like bedroom, if you've got a dresser, 
somewhere between the bed and the floor. You're yeah. looking at possibly a temple injury, possibly cutting Smashing something. Smashing your head. Yeah, or your limb and then right. pissing blood everywhere. And Yes, life. and I will tell you, I, I had a partner once where we decided we were going to get a little bit kinky and we were going to wear, you know, the blindfold thing, how that can yeah. be sexy, right? So we decided we were both going to wear blindfolds at the same time. Ah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that and it's hot because it's all just sensation. You can't see what you're doing. But when you're both on a bed and you can't see what you're doing, you're going to fall off. You're going to yes. fall off. If you're both blindfolded, it's not safe. You should be on the floor. So we found <laughs> that out the hard way. <laughs> oh, goodness, yeah. Blindfolds are great, but just make sure there's either someone watching out for you or that you're not about to, like, fall off something because you can't see where you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's that sounds like a thing. I've got a four poster, so now I'm just like, that would be really fun. You know what? I'm going to sarin wrap around the uh, the posts so it's like a wrestling ring. <laughs> yes. Totally. I feel like I need and to turn it into like an around. enclosed box. Uh-huh, and then it wouldn't matter. Then you're not yeah. going to injure yourself by falling out. Not to mention helping with all that noise with the neighbours. That's a really good idea. So we've covered some really good stuff today. Like I kind of feel like we've worked out that there is really no difference between kink and rough sex, that as soon as you move out of that area of lovey-dovey vanilla shit, it's all a little bit kinky, right? And that that's okay, whether it's a little or whether it's a lot, it doesn't really matter, it's all kind of all right. All of it's good for you. It just means that as, as you leave the box, you're going to have to skill up your communication to match your intended level of play. Yeah, right. So as we move out of vanilla, we need to learn this stuff. Better, better comms means better sex, so we're always down for a bit of this. And that's the case even for regular sex, right? The more you talk about it, the better it gets. But it becomes particularly important if you're going to be slapping someone, if you're going to be fucking someone in the butt, if you're going to be tying them up, you really need to be on top of that stuff, Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. And I'm hearing that safe words are super important. So having a, having a handbrake word is super important. But just that talking and talking beforehand is also, like, super important too. When, when you're trying out new stuff... Definitely take it slowly, take it easily, um, and make sure you've got a good good comm system sort of trumps all. You may find that a safe word works for you, you might not. Maybe it's a good idea to have one with a new partner or when you're trying a new thing. I think we should always have a, have a good way to say no. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a really quick time out to be like, nope, and I'm saying no to this activity, not necessarily no to you, but, like, we're doing a nope right now. We call it all. We're going to sit back and chill. Time out. And look at this critically. Yeah. Talk it over. Thanks heaps for sharing that stuff. I feel like we, we hit some good skills. Like, this is important shit. That's all right. Thanks for letting me, like, uh, nerd out hardcore. Anytime. So, like, can you tell us where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about the awesome shit that you do? Um, you can follow along with my adventures around Australia and the world. I do travel quite a bit um, at misspenelopedreadful.com. I'm also on various facets of the internet, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, probably just by Googling Miss Penelope Dreadful. That's what Google is for. Yes, it is. Sounds like your, your sessions are awesome, and I, I guess uh, particularly the couples ones too. I'm super intrigued. Training other people to do kinky shit, it just sounds like dream job. It is pretty much my dream job. So good, and thanks for chatting today. I feel like we've got some really good stuff out of this. Really appreciate it. That's all right. Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely so much fun. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. 
you can find me online at artofthehookup.com and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love and let's make the world of hookups a better place.